Amen. And God is good to give us music to sing and to point our hearts and minds to Him and who He is. Uh, I'm so glad that you're here this morning. Uh, it is now time, kids, children, to run to your place, if that's where you would so want to be this morning, the Children's Church, which I believe our last one for the semester is we'll take a summer off for our kids to, to worship with us every Sunday. So, um, But they can head that way at this moment as we get started. Again, it's just so thankful uh, to be here this morning. My name is Jaron Young. I'm the student pastor here at Emmaus. And uh, just to refresh your memory, so for the month of May, we've been walking through uh, a series of messages called Emmaus. And, and basically, we've been focusing on a, a primary passage of Scripture in Matthew, uh, chapter 28, uh, verses 16 through 20, where we've, we've talked about acknowledging Jesus' authority. And by acknowledging his authority, we worship him only. And, and we go to him in prayer on behalf of his kingdom in us as well as in others. We observe his teaching. We help others to do the same. We go to our neighborhoods. We go to the nations by giving our lives in service to others while also sharing the hope that we have in Jesus. So up in and out. This is what we've been talking about this month. And so this morning, we're going to wrap up this, this series of messages by talking about the significance of endurance. And, and endurance is simply the continuing uh, act of enduring in an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way. And, and so the question might arise, why are we going to talk about endurance in the, in the midst of this up, in, and out reality of our Christian journey? And so for that question, I would like to answer by looking at Scripture. Uh, in Acts chapter 14, we see Paul and, uh, Paul and Barnabas uh, going to the disciples, and it says in, in verse 22, I believe it should be on the, the screen behind me, but it says this, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And so Paul and Barnabas are encouraging the disciples to do what? To continue in the faith. And so if in Scripture, if, if we receive strong encouragement to continue in our faith, then we should assume also that there is a very real danger, a real threat to our continuance in the faith. We cannot pursue an up, in, and out kind of life surrendered fully to Jesus and not expect difficulty. In some regards, it's, it's going to be hard. It's not supposed to be easy. And so also, let's, let's not pretend to forget, and I want, I want to be graceful here, but let's pretend... Uh, not pretend to ignore the many people that have walked in, not necessarily this church, but all churches, have walked into churches and for several seasons showed such vitality and vigor in the faith and yet sooner or later withdraw from the fellowship of believers and ultimately from the things of the Lord. And even more frightening are those still within the fellowship of other believers, but only externally going through a spiritual life, but yet aren't literally enduring in their faith. They've set up camp with sin, with this world. There's no fight in their faith. And, and I, let me be clear here. I, I'm not casting stones, nor am I trying to gauge the genuineness of someone's faith. The, the reality, because these things do happen, the reality for me is, is it's a loving warning for myself to not cast stones, but to take seriously the fact that I am in a war. You are in a war. And, and our faith is the target. And I'm, 
if I could just be a little bit honest this morning from my own experience, I'm, I'm actually thankful to be here to be able to preach such a message on endurance because it's super personal for me. Um, I would say the last 10 plus years of my own life, uh, spiritually, um, have had more internal tension, more struggle, and more strife than in my faith than ever before. And, and so preparing this message has caused me to do a lot of reflection. I've had dark seasons of the soul where I've asked myself, am I going to make it? Am I going to finish? And, and the condemning thoughts that even may come with that and the bouts with doubt as to whether I had ever started this race of faith. And many of you, knowingly and unknowingly, had come alongside me to encourage me to fight for faith in Jesus just another day. And I've learned so much, and yet I've failed as much and probably more. And, and I have to be a little bit honest with you this morning. I'm, I'm ashamed of this, but confess your sins to one another that you may be healed, right? I'm, I'm ashamed to admit that because this message this morning is so personal, it was very hard to process and write. And, and quite honestly, the reason is because of my pride. In my flesh, I hate weakness. I want to appear as strong. I want to appear as though I have it all together, but that is not the truth. I don't. I'm a fellow struggler. And God has been so patient and so faithful to me, not to remove my weakness, but actually to give me more so that I would continue to learn to boast in my weakness for the benefit of, of Christ's strength. And so please know that this morning, as we are talking about endurance, that I am a fellow struggler, not from this platform that has it all together, that I am I'm struggling with you. And I'm, I'm asking God to do in me what I cannot do for myself. And my hope and my prayer is that we can do this together. I can't know where you are at today, and I hope God's word gives you faith to call upon the Lord another day. And I hope you'll be encouraged with me as we encourage and, and encourage one another to endure in whatever the Lord has for us. But endurance in the faith, finishing this race that has been set before us, is never to be assumed. It is never to be assumed, but it is to be actively pursued, lest the engine fall into neutral and we slip into to temptation, or much worse, our love for Jesus grows cold. It's been said many a times as we think about the, the primary passage, Matthew 28, that we've been looking at over the last month or so, that it's not the great suggestion or it's not the great recommendation, but it is the great commission. It's, it's not a buffet where we get to pick and choose what or how we follow Jesus. It's laid out very clearly for us, and we either align ourselves with them and continue to do so, or we don't. Let's reflect on a few other things that Jesus said. In Matthew 10, in verse 22, he said, And you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Matthew 10, verse 38, And whoever does not take his cross and follow me, that fo the word follow is a continuation, pressing through to the end. Who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Matthew 24, starting in verse 9, says, Jesus says, Then they will deliver you up to tribulation, put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. 
And then again in verse 13, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Jesus and all of scripture seems to put a lot of attention not merely on how a person begins his or her journey in the faith, but how a person finishes his or her journey in the faith. So we must be very careful to not merely look backward and ask, did I trust in Jesus? Did my family, did my friends trust in Jesus? But rather wrestle right now with the questions of, am I trusting in Jesus? Am I following him? Am I enduring in the faith? And so this is why we've been focusing on up, in, and out. Not just this month, but as you know, if you've been a part of Maus, it's, it's been a constant language that we want to put before you. Because living faithfully to the end, enduring to the end, requires a focus on the Lord and who he is, up. It requires a focus on what he's doing in us, in. But it also requires a focus on what he wants to do in others through us, out. And so as we begin to unpack this, I think we need to also give light to the fact that we are going to have obstacles, we are going to have barriers that, that want to stop our endurance, that cause us to halt in our faith. And so um, there's lots of these things that we could, we could talk about, but I just want to bring your attention to one primarily, one that I wrestle with and struggle with. And so a barrier to our endurance is that of forgetfulness, forgetfulness. Um, we're all prone to forget God. We're all prone to wonder from him. And I, and I read a quote from John Piper that I read in an article. Uh, it's been a while, but it, I remembered it as I was preparing for this message. And he, and he says this. He says, I feel like I have to get saved every morning. I wake up and the devil is sitting on my face. And I think he's being a little bit sarcastic there, but I, the point he's trying to make is this. Very few of us wake up with our whole soul spring-loaded to love God and to love people. This disposition takes some refocusing by means of the word of God and prayer. And I believe he is right. Unfortunately, our default oftentimes is not faith. It's not as automatic as we would like it to be. Um, in the Old Testament, we see several times where the people of God are told to, to be careful, to be diligent, lest they forget God. And we see over and over again how they wonder for God, and they do forget. Psalm 103, David writes in light of the forgetfulness he sees in himself as well as in others. And Psalm 103 says, and he Catch this, he's in essence talking to himself. Psalm 103, verse one says, bless the Lord, O my soul. He's, he's preaching to himself and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Verse two, bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Endurance requires daily maintenance and work. And like David, we must take the truth of God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit and literally confront ourselves every single day over and over and over again with the truth of God's word. Every one of us must become our own preacher. Nobody gets a pocket size Owen Neese they get to tuck in their pocket as they leave the door every Sunday. You have to take up the role of confronting yourself with God's word and the truth and the power of the Holy Spirit with what truth is and, and believe it every single day. There is too much at stake. No one, no one will coast to the end. No one coasts, especially in light of all that we must endure. There are too many mountains, too many valleys that we have to walk through and overcome 
if we're going to make it to the end. And so endurance takes daily maintenance. It takes work. So let's, let's quote, remember what the barrier is, that it's forgetfulness and how it plays a part in these other instances of life that can bring difficulty. And the first one that we see is just general hardship and trials. We often deal with forgetfulness in the midst of hardship and trials. Life is hard, and we are broken people living in a broken world that often requires us to walk through broken circumstances. Uh, The toilet quits flushing, uh, the car won't stop, the kids won't stop screaming, uh, the bus blames you for your company's problems, the consequences of honest mistakes and miscommunication, poor choices, corruption, injustice, cancer. I mean, we could just keep going, could we not? These kinds of hardships, they, they touch everyone, whether you follow Jesus or not. But if you follow Jesus, these things especially can rock your faith, potentially. And yet through it all, our hope of enduring these seasons, if you currently find yourself in hardship and in trials, your hope of enduring these seasons is up, is to worship God, to remember, to not forget that God intends to strengthen our faith, not crush it. So we see in James 1, we're, we're called to consider it, to count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And we see the endurance section here. And let endurance have its full effect. Let it finish what it has started, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. There will be dark times, and there will be dark seasons, and your faith You may come face to face with the fact that your faith feels very small and that it feels very failing. Yet even a mustard seed worth of faith will do so long as its object is Jesus. When your faith is being tested, keep going. It's another instance where we are confronted with our forgetfulness and that is in the midst of temptation and sin. Can I just say this morning, it is good news to remember that temptation alone is not sin. That is good news. But yet, it does not necessarily make the temptation less difficult. So, however the enemy is striving to entice you to sin, however the enemy is seeking to destroy your faith, again, daily, remember, don't forget in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape, which is always Jesus, that you may be able to endure it. So whenever and whatever temptation you encounter, and I truly mean that, whenever and whatever temptation, no matter how dark, no matter how blasphemous the temptation may seem, remember, remember, don't forget that your struggle is not uncommon. You are not unique. There are many around you that may be struggling with the same thing, and God is faithful in your fight. But also remember that the line between temptation and sin is really thin. So we must stay vigilant, as we see where Paul says in Romans chapter 13, just specifically in verse 14, he says this, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. This phrase, to make no provision for your flesh, it's literally like setting a trap for yourself. It's like falling in a pit that you yourself are the one who who dug the pit. You're falling in your own pit. 
And so what pits do you find yourself falling into? How are you making provisions for your flesh? I beg you to open up the curtains and let some light shine in on your darkness. And don't be tempted to think that sin just does, it doesn't hurt anybody, or even worse, well, sin is just affecting those around me. I mean, ultimately, sin is what separates us from God. And so if we continue in sin deliberately, if we continue in sin without fighting, without confessing, without asking for the prayers of others, what is to be said of us? This isn't a picture of endurance. This is a picture of a race ran in the wrong direction. Let some light in. I am not condemning. I am begging you. Seek help. That's what the body is for. If you find yourself in sin, if you find yourself wrestling with temptation, there is help to be had if you would just embrace it and seek it. Another way we we find forgetfulness in our lives is through persecution. It can be excruciatingly difficult when the hardship you must endure is directly connected to your faith in Jesus. Loss of reputation, status, neglected by family or friends, uh, loss of business opportunities, subject to ridicule and mistreatment from others, loss of possessions, loss of life. Persecution is real. It is happening. In fact, every single day around this globe, there are people who are suffering great loss for the sake of standing up and associating themselves with Jesus. In fact, losing their life. But God's word tells us that it's worth it. Matthew chapter 5, verse 11 says, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute, persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice, be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. So for they persecuted the prophets who were before you. When you suffer, when you lose, because you associate yourself with Jesus, remember Remember, don't forget that we are gaining so much more. more. Our reward in heaven is great because we have suffered with Jesus because Jesus himself is our reward. We are blessed when we do that. So at this point, there's a, there's a big introduction to this idea of endurance. And so now let's, let's direct our attention to our primary passage that we've been looking at this month in Matthew chapter 28. And so we see the framework for endurance. And, and we're going to look at this briefly. And what we're going to do is, is kind of look at the bookends of this passage of Scripture. And, and in fact, I want us to look at the, the end part of the bookend in verse 20. Because as we consider the framework for endurance, we, we have to know that Jesus knows that following him faithfully will not be easy. In the Gospels, Jesus lays out specifically what it might cost us. We will walk through tribulations before we see his kingdom fully come. Jesus knows that we need endurance, and that is why he tells us in verse 20, And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This word, behold, it, it, is, it is, requires action. As we consider the potential tribulations and cost of following Jesus through hardship, through temptation and sin, through persecution. He is calling us to observe, to contemplate, to take notice of some really, really good news that no matter what it is that we find ourselves walking in or what we could walk in in the future, Jesus has promised us a hope for endurance, and that is his never-ending, never-forsaking presence. Suddenly, endurance, which seems hard, which seems difficult, is possible 
even in the face of real threats and danger. And so it's only through Jesus' sustaining presence that we can ever hope to finish the race that has been marked before us. So let's look at the other book and let's go back. Let's look at verse 16 and 17. And what we see is, and this is interesting, the call and the encouragement to endure given by Jesus is made both to the one who worships the Lord and to the one who doubts him. It's given to both, the one who's worshiping him and the one who doubted. If you remember a few weeks back, Owen clarified uh, this word doubt for us in this passage of scripture that it's, it's not describing the cynical, it's not describing the unbelieving, but it's describing the believing who happens to be struggling. And so endurance does not mean that we will always be sprinting in this race called faith. You will encounter some seasons, maybe many, where you will be reduced to a crawl. And so this morning, again, I don't know what your faith looks like, whether it is strong and vibrant or it is frail and weak. But regardless, you need to hear this this morning, regardless of where you believe you are to be, whether to avoid pride or to be encouraged this morning, the most important thing about your faith is not its strength, but its object. The most important thing about your faith is not its strength, but its object. Yes, Faith is the instrument by which we see Jesus. We need faith. Thank goodness it is a gift from God by his grace, as we see in Ephesians 2. But we need faith to see Jesus. But ultimately, Jesus is the Savior, not our faith. So with whatever faith you have this morning, whatever you are walking through, even if it is a mustard seed's worth of faith, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. We endure up by knowing that Jesus is calling us to get our eyes off of our circumstances, off ourselves, and to look to him, to acknowledge his authority, to worship him, to remember and cling ever so tightly to his promise to be with us always, even to the end of the age. There will be days when you don't feel like his presence is with you. You neglect your feelings and you look to the promise. Jesus said it, so I'm going to trust it. His promise is true. Cling to the promise with whatever faith you have, even a mustard seed. We endure up that way, but we also, we we endure in by observing Jesus' teaching through hardship and trials, not around them, but through hardship and trials, through our fight with temptation and sin, by remembering again that he is with us and that he is more committed to our holiness, he is more committed to being conformed to his image than he is our own comfort. He wants us to be like him and we can trust that and we can thank him that he is going to accomplish that in us. And then finally, we endure out by forsaking our own little kingdoms and remembering that God's kingdom has come and quite frankly is coming with or without us. He doesn't need us for this mission and that may seem harsh, but the joy seems so much better in that harsh tone by realizing he doesn't need us, but he actually wants us. That's why he called us to it in the Great Commission, that he wants us to join. And whatever sufferings we may encounter for our faith in Jesus, how good must the end result be if it is all worth it, as we see in Matthew 5 and we looked earlier. So we have hope even through the barriers that we will encounter, but how will we endure? What are the helps to enduring? And I think oftentimes, to my own detriment and maybe to yours, oftentimes we are tempted to look within and we ask that question, am I going to make it? 
Is, is this even possible? And rightly so, we should fear and despair because there is no hope in ourselves. Our hope only is, is, uh, belongs in God. His, his um, faithfulness to us is the only thing that is reliable. And so with that, what is your help? Let me just point you to him. I don't quite honestly have a lot of commentary to add here. I just want to make a couple points and point you to the word, and we'll move on. The first thing that we need to, to look to is God our Father, because he is an enduring God. He endures. It says in 145 of Psalm, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. God's reign never ends. Psalm 118.1, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Psalm 111, verse 3, full of splendor and majesty is his work, and his righteousness endures forever. When the enemy accuses us of our failing righteousness, thank God that Christ's righteousness on our behalf will never fail. Psalm 119, verse 89 and 90, forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. His word is sufficient to lead us and guide us in our endurance, while also trusting that his faithfulness to us will never end. So look to God the Father because he himself is enduring, but look to God the Son because he himself endured for the glory of God the Father, but also for our good, as we see in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary, faint-hearted. Jesus endured and by doing so secured our endurance. We will endure because Christ endured, but not at the exclusion of our own striving to endure. And looking to Jesus, that does not allow us to, to be passive and to sit by, but it actually frees us to be active because we see, thirdly, that God the Spirit will enable our endurance as we seek to endure. If I could point you to Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13, it says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So we, have a, we are called to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, but it is combined with verse 13 where it says, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So it's not just on us, but actually as we work, as we strive to endure, we have the assurance and the hope that that is actually God working in us so that we might endure. I have a, a vivid memory Several vivid memories, but one of those I want to share from my childhood. Um, I was in third grade, and our teacher was doing some reviewing for us in spelling. And apparently I was doing really good, and this caught my teacher's attention. What she didn't know was I was a good guesser, but nevertheless, um, getting very enthusiastic about my ability to spell. Um, I don't how, know how, but so much so that she ends up choosing me to represent the class in the school spelling bee. I have no idea how, but nevertheless, I was chosen for this task. Um, I was a really timid, shy kid. I'm not too different from where I was when I was a kid. I was timid, a lot of anxiety, shy. She knew this about me, and as a way to encourage me, gave me some, a good help, and she said, Jaron, when you're on that stage 
and you're about to spell the word, I just want you to find me in the crowd and look at me and let that be a comfort to you. And I actually was like, that is awesome. I could just block out everybody looking at my teacher. So the big day comes on the big stage. It's my turn. My name is called, and I walk up to the microphone. And I was nervous beside myself in anxiety, and so I find my teacher, and I'm just locked in. And I'm given the word, and I'm given jungle. Not metamorphosis, not encyclopedia, but jungle. And so I begin to spell, and as I finish the word, my teacher does this. <laughs> and I, immediately my heart just sinks. I'm like, I've, I failed. And I walk back, I turn around, I walk back to my chair in bewilderment and shame. One, because I couldn't spell jungle. Not, not a J, but a G. J-U-N-G-L-E. Um, but two, man, to see the disappointment on my teacher's face. I, I, I failed her. I disappointed her, and that just rocked me. Um, and I, that was such a hard thing for me. Now, I'm a big boy now. I survived. I don't, I don't believe I have any emotional scars from that. Um, I can look back on that and chuckle, but, but I'd be lying if I said I'm never tempted to see God like this. That there are times when I fail and just feel that feeling. I don't, I don't know if you can identify with that, but if I could just encourage you this morning that, that in your struggle and in your fight to endure, he is not exasperated with you. He is not exasperated with you. Our lives are a work, and it is a process that happens over a lifetime, and he promises that he who began a good work will bring it to completion. When? At the day of Christ Jesus. So, again, this doesn't free us to coast and to be passive, but to actually, it should motivate us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, even when we stumble, even when it feels like we can't get our act together, because we have a promise that assures us that he is the one that is enabling this work in me. It is not on our shoulders. Yes, we strive to endure, but God promises it is he that is working within us to do this work. And so our drive to endure is from the Lord. And let's be thankful for that and strive and push with all that we have, knowing that he is enabling that work within us. As we begin to wrap this up this morning, I don't have anything on the PowerPoint this morning, but in your worship guide, there are several steps, next steps, I guess, if you would consider in your endurance. And, and I would just say, first of all, if, if this morning you're at a place in your life where you are overwhelmed with your sense of sin and the, and the fact that you have failed in what God has asked of you, know that that's not condemnation, that is love and wanting you to open your eyes to see what he has done for you on your behalf and that is through his son Jesus. And so I, we would call you to trust in Jesus, put your hope in him, he makes you right with God, that you would turn from your sin and be baptized just as Jason was this morning, and then keep trusting and keep turning day in and day out. Um, also, I would say we should have no expectation of enduring if, if we are not putting ourselves in God's word, reading, studying, meditating, memorizing, praying God's word continuously so that we see Jesus. It's the word of God that awakens faith within us. Uh, we're in a season right now with our, our three-year-old where 
he's just having a hard time going to sleep at night because it's dark. And I don't think that he's so afraid of the darkness as he is what he thinks he sees in the darkness, if you know what I mean. And so we constantly have to re-engage. Hey, Jeremiah, how you doing? And what we're trying to do is to point him, to use his fear to point him to Jesus, to trust in Jesus. That if you're afraid, man, you have, you, God is here. He is with us. We can pray. We can ask him to help. And by the glorious grace of God, he, he does pray. It's, it's quite cute and awesome. We leave the room, and then he says, Daddy, I'm scared. And we go back in over and over again. I said, Jeremiah, are you praying? Yeah, but I already prayed this many times, Dad. I'm still afraid. And, and it was a, a great reminder of me that endurance is not just something we do once. It's something we do over and over and over again. And so put yourself in front of the Word of God. Pray it. Meditate, memorizing it over and over again. Um, be careful what you allow to get in front of your uh, pursuit of being in and with the people of God regularly on a Sunday morning to be with your groups, to worship together as a family. Be careful what you allow because that is, man, being here this morning is not something we check off our religious box. It is a gift that God gives us to encourage us so that we will endure. Be careful what you allow to come between you and being with the people of God every Sunday. Um, Hang out with some people that are more mature than you. And they have walked where you have walked and walking now. And, and hang out with them. Learn from them. Share your struggles of temptation and sin. Help them point you to Jesus. As well as help others endure. Uh, who are those hurting around you in your life? Uh, encourage them. Push them to Christ. Um, maybe there are people that you haven't seen in a while here at Emmaus. Reach out to them. Connect. Encourage them. Um, talk to others about why you follow Jesus. And ultimately, just keep going. Keep remembering wherever you find yourself this morning, don't forget what God has done and what he is doing. Even if it feels like he's absent, keep going. And so this morning as we close out our service and begin contemplating our own endurance in the faith, I I hope we can leave, one, feeling the weight of what we are called to, but also having hope that our that our eyes should be focused on some really, really good news. And, and I want to share a little bit of that with you as we close in Jude. It says in verse 24, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. In your struggle Don't look within, but look to him who is able to keep you, able to enable you to endure to the end. God is gracious. He knows we're but dust. He knows we're forgetful. And he is able to keep us and hold us fast. He can and will keep you. And his means of keeping you, he has given us gifts. He's given us the word. It's a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. He's given us these weekly gatherings to encourage each other as we see the day approaching. He's given us baptism. We got to see that this morning with Jason to help us see that he is still at work. He is still transforming lives. And, and maybe this morning God is just still, it feels so absent from your daily experience and you're growing weary. weary. And, and can I just say, there is still more grace he's given you. This morning, He has given you the Lord's Supper. So no matter what we walk through, we can remember that our Lord went through great lengths so that we can endure. If we have been given grace to hate our sin, to hope in Jesus, we have all we need, church. 
We have all we need. And so it is appropriate this morning that we'll be able to participate in the Lord's Supper and once again have the opportunity to refresh our feeble memory. I would ask you to pray as we enter into that time now. And and men, if you are participating in that and helping us serve the Lord's Supper, would you come forward now and find your place? And we're going to participate in that time right now. God, we come to you this morning and we thank you. God, that you are able to keep us. And you are committed to us in our finishing the race. But it will not come at the exclusion of us seeking you with all that we have. And so, God, I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen us this morning and we will fight not with all that we have. We have nothing but we will fight with all that you, we have in you. And so, Lord, help us to put on the Lord Jesus. Help us to reflect and to remember what you have done for us this morning. And so as we participate in the Lord's Supper this morning, Lord, let us remember and let us confront our forgetfulness and our proneness to wonder. Lord, let us confess our sin. Let us confess our need to you. And it's your name we pray. Amen.